0: In 2019, Samuel Little was declared the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history. Having confessed to 93 murders, FBI and Texas Rangers are still actively working to identify these victims. Despite committing a slew of other crimes that led to him being arrested over a hundred times, he was still able to evade capture. The question is, how? How did all these victims go unnoticed? We are your hosts, Sherry Ferreira, And Helen Allen. This is The Chalk Line.
1: Good evening, everyone, and the
0: highlights of the news this Thursday. Little was born, full name Samuel Little. We're going to call him Little. Was born in Reynolds, Georgia, which is a small town about 100 miles south of Atlanta.
1: Are you calling him Little, like?
0: Petaly? No, that's his last name.
1: <laughs> no, I know it's his last name, but you have the choice to call him Samuel or Little, and you chose Little, and I love that about no. you. Good. Good.
0: His mother was 16 years old when he was born. Her name was Bessie Mae Little, and according to Little himself, which I don't know how reliable that Brain is. Grain of salt, got it. Yeah. Um, she was a sex worker, but a 1940 census lists her occupation as a maid. Okay. So it could be like...
1: Ugh, the census. What are they listing me <laughs> as? Oh my God. <laughs> An
0: idiot. Full time. Full time. An idiot. <laughs>
1: um, okay. So, I mean, we know wh- who Sam Little is, mm. but just we'll side table this conversation for after you say it. Okay. If, right. Because And you guys, I don't know, going into this case, I don't know everything that Sherry knows, but I do obviously know him because he is a very prolific serial killer, so. Exactly.
0: His father was 19 years old when he was born. Um, his name was Paul McDowell. And what? I'm sorry, that sentence just threw me for a
1: loop because you were right. like, his father was 19 years old when he was born. And I was oh like, he my was god, born? born- <laughs> is this some Kyle X-Y shit? Okay, wait. He was not born not a 19-year-old? Old- <laughs> He's just like so already mature from.
0: I don't know I'm why. not putting that in. The... I just like thought of that episode
1: of Drake and Josh, and I'm like he like out out of the womb was like pip pip to do to do. That doesn't even make any sense. Why did I? No, no, anyway.
0: perfectly understandable.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, let's we'll try start this again. again. Yeah, so. When Samuel was born.
0: Yeah. When Samuel Little was born, his father was 19 years old. Okay. His father's name is Paul McDowell, and Little would later use this as an alias and go by Samuel McDowell to sort of throw mm-hmm. off police and stuff. Right. It is said that Little's mother abandoned him, which, again, isn't fact, so he was sent to live with his paternal grandmother in Lorraine, Ohio.
1: Okay, so we don't know if he was living with his grandmother, or we don't know why?
0: We don't know the reason why. Oh,
1: I see. Okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Now, there's not much information about him growing up in terms of how he was raised, which I guess I kind of struggled with to say while researching this, like, would even knowing these as fact matter?
1: Right. I mean, I think it's important, obviously, to talk about where he came from, because, like we've said before, I don't know if we've said it on the podcast or not, but- You know, sometimes people are born evil and sometimes society makes them evil. Exactly. And so I think, you know, to an extent, the background of a serial killer is important for us to have knowledge of, like, how can we do better to give these people help. Yeah. But in the long run, like, no matter what, we could talk about his background all day long and he doesn't take away from what he did. Still a piece of shit.
0: Yeah. He later told police, though, which I thought was very distinct, um, that when he was seven or eight, he had the first urge to choke someone. He became very fixated on necks and even, like, talked about a teacher in his grade that he would always stare at her neck. Oh,
1: my God. So it became,
0: like, a point of obs- obsession, I guess. Interesting. At 13, Little was caught stealing a bicycle and was sent to the Boys Industrial School, which is a reformatory school for teenagers near Columbus, Ohio. Okay. By the time he left, though, which was only a year and a half later, he had been reported 47 times for disciplinary infractions.
1: Hmm.
0: Which I'm like, okay, it is a reformatory school, but also 47.
1: I know. So it makes you think like, are they extremely strict or is he extremely bad?
0: Well, I looked into that and that was even hard to find too, because there are some things where people are like, oh, it was like bad treatment, but also it was a reformatory school. So I'm assuming they have to be... They're going to have to be a lot stricter with these kids, so it's hard right, to draw the line between. Right, and that's kind of what you
1: sign up for when you send your child to one of those. Like exactly. I personally don't know that I would, but you know the people that are sending their kids there want that strictness yeah. because
0: they need their kid to be reformed. Exactly. Two years later, he was arrested in Omaha for a burglary charge, and um, a year after that, he was charged with breaking into a furniture store in Lorain, Ohio, and was shipped to a juvenile detention center for two years. So he's continuing this sort of life or start of his life of crime.
1: Right. It seems like he's kind of starting to escalate because it's not a bike anymore. It's like a, you know. Exactly.
0: Bigger. And from then on, not much is known about Little's whereabouts until he reportedly dropped out of high school in the late 50s and then left his home in Ohio. From there, he began living a nomadic life, just moving from place to place and never really settling down in one area. His crime ultimately would include dozens of arrests in cities across the country. Oh, wow. Like Yeah. There isn't a clear timeline of his crimes to to accurately say that they did escalate or not, which is is why I was like, oh, my God, escalation. I know. Yeah. You got it. You always (laughs) look for that, right? (laughs) Yeah. But... It's it's hard to track whether it was escalating or if there were other more serious crimes that just went unreported.
1: Right. And it also could just be, like, he's doing the big stuff while also doing the small stuff. And you never really know with the timeline on, like, how it's, you know. It could be p- a roller coaster and it could be also just escalation. You don't
0: Can't say. Yeah. Regardless, there are clear and notable signs of, like, a dark violent streak among his shoplifting, fraud, drug solicitation, and breaking and entering charges. Mm-hmm. But what's sad is that law enforcement has only recently began to unravel the true extent of his crimes. Like, Little would shoplift here and there to have money to buy alcohol and drugs, but it wasn't until 2018 where we kind of got the full story of the crimes he committed. Right. Little committed a majority of his crimes in the 70s and 80s, but his first um, more violent crime was on January 31st in 1970. Um, Mary Brosley was 33 at the time, and they met in a bar in North Miami Beach. He then sort of seduced her and drove her to an area in the Everglades, strangled her to death before burying her in a shallow grave. Um, A lot of his crimes have the same pattern, Mm -hmm. although he was, like, able to stay off officials' radar because he would commit these, these crimes all over the country. Right. Like, in different states committing multiple at one time and then Mm -hmm. leaving like there was no clear pattern except the manner in which he did kill his victims well
1: and we also talked about this in the Rodney Alcala episode just in the terms of like it's 1970. It's incredibly hard for the different jurisdictions to, like, get together and say, like, this is what we have. Because think about it. Like, today, the technology is there. That it's so easy to communicate with someone that's not right
0: with you. Yeah. Whereas but back. in 1970, what were they really, yeah. like, to like, do? S- sending each other smoke signals? They did They did
1: People that are older <laughs> listening to this are like, Jesus. Yes. was 1970,
0: not know. Know. too... <laughs> Like, we're outdating them so bad.
1: I don't, you like are two of like... the world. The world
0: was two. I can't. Oh my god. But I'm talking about literally driving from New Jersey to California in a matter of days and murdering people as he went along. On his along. Way. Yes. Oh my god. Trigger warning for all. Um, what is really angering is that during these trips, he would kidnap, rape, rob, and assault multiple women. And for some of these crimes, he would run into police, and on more than one occasion, he would be caught in the process of assaulting and raping a woman. What do you mean?
1: Well,
0: one instance that I read, an officer, a girl came to this officer who was clearly in distress. She had bruises and everything, and she was like, that guy just tried to rape me in that truck. So the officer would go over and see him literally in his truck with all this drugs and clear evidence that he, that they knew each other. Right. But- He would just be let go.
1: What? Whether it
0: was him claiming that they were wives, just, like, making up lies. And Mm -hmm. it was easy to believe those lies, I guess, because a lot of these women were sex workers. Right. And they used drugs and they weren't, I guess, quote, perfect victims in the eyes of society and officers back then. So it was Mm -hmm. sort of an excuse to dismiss their...
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, 1970, anybody that was doing sex work was automatically, like, an unreliable person to the police. Like, it's so incredibly sad to see it that way, but that is the way that it was seen by, like, officials in 1970, even by society. Like, and, like, of course, like, today is... we've gotten to a point where it's a little bit more um, refined and we understand that humans are humans and everybody has a voice, but not everybody even understands that in 2022. Exactly. So I cannot imagine how incredibly hard it was to be a sex worker in 1970 and be endangered and then try to say your piece. Of course, you're not going
0: to be heard. I know. And he was able to slip through all, like cringily, he was able to slip through all these cracks and like evade all this trouble oh gosh, um yeah. it got to a point where towns often just wanted to see him leave because they knew his like rap sheet and they would try to shoo him out of town any way they could
1: right instead of dealing with him they were just like go be someone else's issue exactly
0: yeah And at times, he would serve um, jail time for these minor crimes, but often they were only short stints. In total, he was arrested more than 100 times, but spent fewer than 10 years in prison. Oh, my God. As reported by the New York Times. Sometimes he was locked up for months or even years, and he would beat these charges, win acquittals on assaults, like, even with, like, a gun, like, clearly on his person clearly committing these heinous crimes, but would just be let go. Mm. And he would always go back to that life of murdering, aimlessly drifting, and he would fund that by shoplifting and picking up like weird jobs here and there. I guess the, I don't know, I don't want to say theme, but overarching thing is how he was able to get away with this. The FBI offers like one explanation is that his method of killing didn't leave obvious signs that the death was a homicide. He used to be a competitive boxer, so he was really familiar with stunning or knocking out his victims and then able to strangle them to death.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay, so most of his victims were
0: strangled, like yes. he wouldn't use weapons. No. He, okay. So there were no marks, no like wow. other indications. He didn't use a gun, mm-hmm. like he wouldn't right. shoot his victims, so it was really hard to trace that and many of these deaths were not classified As homicides, but attributed to drug overdoses, accidents, or natural causes.
1: Well, and not for nothing, the police are already looking down on these women for being sex workers, so they're probably like, "Oh, and then she just overdosed, and like case closed." Like, the police are more likely to want to look for reasons to not care, and if they're like, "Oh, it was just a sex worker who was addicted to drugs," like, it becomes an easy way to dismiss it exactly.
0: Um. Another reason the FBI posits is that DNA evidence was often not available or they couldn't provide a clear link back to Samuel Little himself. Okay. A large number, and this is a quote from the FBI, a large number of these killings occurred in 1970s and early 1980s before DNA profiling was part of the law enforcement toolbox. After DNA analysis came into play, the victims' work as prostitutes complicated the ability of police to gather telling physical evidence. But... I just feel that is absolutely not the case. And Little himself will tell them that is most certainly not the case because Little intentionally chose to kill marginalized and vulnerable women who are often involved in sex sex work, like I said, and addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. Their bodies.
1: I'm sorry. Can I just interject for a second? Because I do want to make a point to say um that you had said the word prostitutes because you were reading the quote yeah but you know both of us are very like aware and we want to be intentional about the fact that we are saying sex workers um and just like you know throughout this episode it's going to be difficult because these women were given such a difficult ride I guess like I I don't know a better way to say it but um I think it's important to say that we like stand with them and we are not at all ever going to be putting them down for the line of work that they were in. Um, Of course not. I think it's 2022. It's weirder to be on the other side of that. Yeah. A lot of when I was listening to stuff on this, like a lot of the material refers to these women as prostitutes. And I think it's really important to like change the wording like you do. You refer to them as sex workers. And I just think like, you know, for our listeners to know if if you already didn't know that using the word prostitute is inappropriate, it is, is. (laughs) you know, use
0: the word sex worker, right? Their bodies sometimes went unidentified, and their deaths did not have that full investigation that they deserved, because, like you said, they would say, oh, this woman was a sex worker, so this happened in her line of work. Right, and they're just, like,
1: looking for these women, like, these women are looking for danger is essentially what they think.
0: Now, what the FBI fails to mention is the lack of attention that these victims got, like we said, like, it was written off so easily that a lot of these victims went unnoticed
1: mm-hmm. how hard would it be he, for the fbi to just be like hey like we're looking at this in a different lens now and we know we we messed up like i mean how hard certainly would it be? but like it
0: never <laughs> even reading through their postings about little and his crimes it's never said that he intentionally chose these victims because mm-hmm. they were marginalized because of their line of work and it's just it's weird and like like,
1: of course he did you know what i mean like of course he
0: did and he he says it himself i'll um i'm gonna read a quote later on but he literally comes out of his own mouth like give it up give it up he often lured these women with promises of money or drugs most he did hire, but um like i said he always used his hands which never really left a trace Mm. In November, on November eleventh, in two thousand eighteen, this is flash forwarding, I guess, into the future when he is into the Cauch. future, <laughs> into the future. Well, it's the past, but, yeah, yeah. but oh yeah, damn. <laughs> is that meta? Would that be the right thing? To, like, it's weird. But this is in an interview conducted later on before he got caught. One of the interrogators said to him, "You got pretty good at knowing which ones." Wait, what do
1: you mean? Before he got caught? You mean when he got
0: caught? Yes, when he got caught. Oh Oh, my god! What? I'm losing myself here. I'm
1: losing myself here. (laughs) So yes, okay. When he got caught. When he
0: got caught in 2018. (laughs) (laughs) But in our story, we are still in the 70s, 80s. Right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. The interrogator asks him, quote, you got pretty good at knowing which ones and which ones referring to like the victims. And Little himself says, quote, yeah, I'm not going to go over there in the white neighborhood and pick out a little young teenage girl. I ain't going to go over there and pick out a housewife while she's out there with the shopping bags in her hands and drag her to the car. And it sort of trails off and becomes un. um, intelligible or like i didn't understand what he was saying what but a freak i thought that was enough
1: he is a freak honestly i don't even know how else to say it like not only how like, dare he be so aware of like how horrifying of a person he is
0: it's it's like, <laughs> I just,
1: like, I know. It's like oh so you know you're like your piece you're telling shit. me you're a disgusting mm-hmm. excuse for a human being Got
0: great it. great cool cool and like That completely shocking as well, just like the fact that he is aware because some of the people that we read about are just so unaware. Right. And also just how much it's ingrained in society to not care about these women.
1: It's disgusting. It's an intense.
0: It really is. At least 68 of Little's victims were Black, some Hispanic, Native American, and at least one was a transgender woman. Oh my He's really
1: only picking on marginalized women. With the
0: intention. It's like, he's like, I know you guys don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. It's like, wouldn't this be a sign to give a fuck? To own up to that in these later articles released by FBI in 2019? Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, nobody's holding themselves accountable here by being like, yep, we messed up. We should have been looking harder for these women. and
0: And I got one smidge of that sort of... Like owning up to that in an NPR article, it's listed below, where they said, oh, he intentional. This was intentional. Right. Not being like, oh, this was this all happened because a lack of dna like when
1: it's also like they're trying to give themselves an excuse for not doing something sooner like they're like oh my god it just so happened he was picking on all the women that we just didn't care about and it's it's like hello They're (laughs) that's why you guys are bad at your job because he was doing that intentionally to evade you and guess what it worked yeah like i don't know why (laughs) fix it oh my god
0: (laughs) fix it not to mention that several of these victims had mental disabilities and Little was able to manipulate that, manipulate their situations to get them in his, to get them in his presence. Like, for him yeah. to be able to do all these incredibly fucked up shit.
1: All these incredibly, <laughs> incredibly fucked, fucked up, up shit.
0: shit. Quote that.
1: Quote that. Quote Put that, that. On a shirt. That is gold. <laughs> all, these <this> shit. Shit. <laughs> all These shit. All these
0: shit guys we've been at this
1: for like 12 hours oh my god it's
0: been delirious right it's it's really crazy one victim of littles in particular was martha cunningham or 1974 she was a 34 year old black woman who disappeared in knoxville tennessee she was on her way home to a not on her way home she was on her way to a new year's eve like church service and according to her sister Jessie downs um she sang in her church gospel group, the Happy Home Jubilee Singers. Oh, work. You so better cute. work. You better sing.
1: Uh, it reminds me of you growing up.
0: Oh my god, stop!
1: I also uh, sang in the church. Yeah, the you the did church. sing in the church. <laughs> I sang, but not in the church. In my shower. <laughs> and everywhere else. And I pissed everybody else around me off. <laughs> I was like, but I did it in front of God. <laughs> hey,
0: well like don't we all
1: my girls? <laughs> Unfortunately, everything
0: we do is in front but of God. God right? Um, I was talking to Sam, my brother, the other day, and I was like, "Oh my God!" And he goes, "He's not your God. He's our God, <gasps> Helen." He told you. I
1: literally. He told you. He I, dragged you. I was shut. <laughs> I didn't have a word to say. You guys, he is fourteen. So yeah, with this whole he personality, is better than all of us. All, of us.
0: all of us. Sam, if you're listening, you don't. But if you are. <laughs> I love you. You're great. We love you. (laughs) Now, going back to Martha Cunningham, she sang in the church gospel group along with her six um, younger siblings. So it was a whole family of stars. Um, Um, When they found her body, police told local reporters it was covered in bruises. Um, Her purse and jewelry were missing. Her stockings and underwear had been pulled down to her thighs and that her dress and slip had been pulled up. Still, the autopsy found, quote, no obvious cause of death.
1: No obvious cause of death? I feel that there is something obvious here.
0: Blatantly obvious. There's
1: also, like, better ways to say, like, hey, we think she was assaulted, but we don't know for sure
0: what happened, like, what the assault was. But you could still be like,
1: you know. We're still, like,
0: this is not official, like, leave it open. I don't know if they can leave it open, but just, like, you know...
1: Well, I can... I don't even, I mean, I just feel like there's a way to say, like, she was covered in bruises and, you know, her stuff was missing. It feels like an assault to mm-hmm. us. I don't think there's nothing obvious about it. Maybe we, maybe we don't know the exact <laughs> cause of death, but I feel like we have a hint. Yeah,
0: we definitely don't have to say the word obvious. Not
1: obvious. It's like a slap in the face. Yeah,
0: truly. Now, they noted um, Martha's history of seizures And that apparently was like, led them to believe, oh, this could have been from natural causes. I'm like, bullshit. Okay,
1: so she had a seizure, so, and it. A
0: history of seizure. I understand,
1: like, you could get bruises from that, but, like,. Pulling up her dress and pulling down her underwear and getting the bruises and her person jewelry were missing. Well, where the hell are they? Like this just doesn't. I
0: feel like we can't just be like, well, she had seizures, done and done. It, you can't, especially considering also that her clothes were ripped. Yeah, like uh, like with clear signs of something more sinister happening, but the autopsy found. No obvious cause like,
1: Unless you can point to a specific occasion where she had a seizure and did this stuff to herself. Mm-hmm. No, it's no. not from that. It's not. Just,
0: that can't be. And her sister, Jessie Lane, also says that she never believed her sister died of natural causes. Because she has a brain. neither did her family. Jessie
1: has a brain. And her yeah. family has brains. <laughs> brains. I mean, really. Like, it doesn't take much <laughs> to brain. realize that that is not
0: <laughs> natural. Not okay. So that, I just wanted to say that as one example of how... Easy, police were able to dismiss a case right. like this. Right, they just
1: said like, well, you know, nothing we can do.
0: And sort of tossed it. Although there is some, I'm not going to say light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know why I was going to say that, but I stopped myself. And you I'm know, proud whenever of people say that, I'm like, I have probably said it too. So yeah. like, I'm not even putting people down <laughs> because like,
1: oh, God knows it's I say like things a, all the time I hate. Such but a like, It is just like. Okay, well, she's still dead, so I don't... There's no light. How much light is there,
0: really? Yeah. Little was eventually caught in the year 2012. 2012. That is really Not crazy. that far, not that
1: long ago. So 32 years since his first murder. That was murder. such
0: quick math. What?
1: It's 2012 and 70. I feel uh, like it's... Ah! I mean, please don't give
0: me that much credit. You know oh I'm God. not good at math. It's, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm stupid. <laughs> no. But I also hate it. We're not gonna get into that. Okay. Okay. Little was Wait, a- also that's forty-two years. <laughs> oh. So you
1: said I was good at math and I just realizing now I am not <laughs> God damn it, I'm embarrassed. It's terrible. <laughs> but you know what didn't that would be so when he hears this he's gonna be like oh don't. jesus maybe i'll cut this out no it's Leave okay, it okay. I, the people deserve to hear who we really are <laughs> okay God. try this again okay so
0: in 2012 he was finally caught hallelujah yes. let's go how did this happen he was arrested at a kentucky homeless shelter And was extradited to California where he was wanted on a narcotics charge. Okay. This better um, get good. (laughs) It it does. (laughs) Once in custody, LAPD detectives obtained a DNA match too little on the victims of three unsolved homicides from 1987 and
1: 1989 oh my god i bet they were like hi sam little do you want to make yourself comfortable would you like a soda oh i love when they
0: do that i'm like you better
1: you feel like rubbing Mm. your hands all over that table go ahead girl you better fucking work go ahead (laughs) Coffee. Drink it. You can lick it if you want. Right. Just give me that cup when you're done with
0: it. Give me that cup. Give me me the cup.
1: Give me the cup. The cup, please. Cup. Or put it in one of our trash
0: cans and then we'll just go get it later. Just don't take that coffee home with you, Sam Little. I love how sneaky they are. So they were able to match him to these three unsolved murders. The first was of a woman named Carol Alford. Second, Guadalupe Apodaca. And her son was actually at the trial and confronted Little. He explained how he took something very dear to him. And Mm. it just really pointed out how much obvious, this is obvious, but like how much he affected these people's children, their grandchildren. And we're still seeing those effects play out today.
1: Well, of course, and not for nothing, he assaulted and hurt these women thinking that these women came from nothing and had Mm -hmm. nothing, but it's clear that they have all of these people rallying behind them and caring about them. And no matter what their line of work was, it didn't change the fact that they were so loved.
0: Exactly. The third unsolved homicide was of Audrey Nelson Everett in 1989. Sherry Nelson, her younger sister, describes them having happy times on their family farm and remembers Audrey caring for her and just being like the best older sibling. Because, you know, the oldest always takes care of the youngest, so it was very...
1: Yeah, she was probably just, like, similar to, like, a mother figure as, like, an older sibling,
0: you know? For sure. Sherry Nelson was called to the stand during trial and looked Little in the eye and told the judge that her sister was killed in the most despicable manner because he dumped her body in a trash bin.
1: (sighs) That is absolutely disgusting. I mean, I always say... That these things are disgusting, but that is like disturbing on another level. You know what I mean? It's just it's so despicable. I don't I don't even know. I can't but put it, it into just, words. Know, I'm, I'm so silent. angered by that. I'm, I'm angered. So angered by that.
0: For these crimes, Little was convicted and sentenced in 2014 to three consecutive life sentences with no possibility of parole. Thank God. During trial... Three consecutive life sentences is so hilarious. It's like...
1: And no, not just the one, Not the second.
0: Not just two, but three. three. Bingo. And it's like, during trial, he was making... Obviously, I'm, like, claiming his innocence, but even, like, one of the attorneys was saying that they had so much evidence against him... Because they were finally able to connect him to these three murders. Well, that the, it was I'm sorry, laughable. but it's like 2012,
1: so there's DNA now. Yeah, like
0: it was like it was like laughable, Sam girl. <laughs> Please,
1: advances in DNA. You would be so mad hearing me go, <laughs> <laughs> Sam
0: girl, Sam girl. Oh my god, be like, but I'm a blight because you know he was just. Oh, one I'm of those sure. Guys.
1: He, I mean, listen, if you are assaulting this many women, you've got a problem with your masculinity. Yeah. I mean, truly, you like have some things that you need to work Workout. out.
0: But I'm going to call you Sam Girl. <laughs> Sam Girl. Advances in DNA technology and sort of the rise of cold case units eventually led to his arrest and conviction in 2014. But by then, he had been done killing and said his final victim died in Topelo, Mississippi, in 2005. Interesting. In all three cases, the woman had been beaten and then strangled. Their bodies were either dumped in, not just these three women, but with other victims as well. Their bodies were either dumped in alleyways, dumpsters, or a garage. Just, like, disrespect doesn't even begin to cover right. what that is. just kind
1: of any place that was convenient to him at the time. Exactly.
0: Mind you, this news broke in 2012, and it wasn't until 2018 that more advances in technology helped investigators find the other 90 victims damn so here we go when lapd got the dna hit on little they asked fbi's violent criminal apprehension program (ViCAP) duh, to work up a full background on him and they found all these patterns and other links to other murders just across the country that they weren't able to link before all right boys put your seatbelts on no in 2018 i bet you after finding two matches they were like oh oh wait Wait, wait, strap, strap in, strap in. Hold on, in. hold
1: on, there's more. Hold yeah, on.
0: like that sense of panic of, oh shit, this guy just wasn't doing these three things or like petty, sh- like he was a full-blown kid. Right,
1: like, okay guys, it's time to wake up. Everybody was uh, sleeping for a nice long time, <laughs> Now we got to decades. get to work.
0: Decades. <laughs> Literally decades. God. So in response, FICAP reached out to the Texas Rangers with only one clear connection, which is crazy because it led to all these other victims mm-hmm. um this is a quote from okay this is a quote from bicap crime analyst christina palazzolo and she said quote we found a case out of odessa texas that sounded very much like him and we could place him passing through the area around at the same time along with christina she worked with angela William williamson Williamson? Williamson. Williamsonoma? I don't know. Hello, are you okay? She worked along with Angela. And Angela was a Department of Justice um, senior policy advisor and also a VICAP liaison. And Angela says, we sent that lead out to the Texas Rangers who are eager to follow up on the long, cold case. So they were accompanied by Ranger James Holland to interview Little in the spring of 2018. So all these people are coming together like, all right, let's get his ass. We're going to find out if this is true or not. He's the only one who can tell us. We don't know much, but it is a lead. It's something. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were only able to conduct this interview because Little was hoping to move prisons for unclear reasons. Oh, Um, and in exchange for that, he was willing to talk. Over the course of that interview in spring of 2018, Um, They went through city by city states and gave um, Ranger Holland the number of people he killed in each place. Literally just going through Jackson, Mississippi, that's one Cincinnati, Ohio, that's one like going through each of these places with like this connection of strangulation, their body being dumped like their background to identify these victims and hopes to identify these victims because at this point they're all just known as sort of Jane Dodes or maybe they have a name but there is no cause of death right it's just so much unknown
1: oh my
0: god in total Little confessed to 90 killings and Palazzo and Williamson (laughs) or Christina and Angela have been working to match up evidence to as many confessions as they can both women sat down and interviewed with Little and it is I don't want to say remarkable, but he has a photogenic memory. So he, which doesn't really happen in a lot of other cases, remembers his victims by name and the killings in great detail. Mm. So he could recall where he was, like what car he was driving, and he was even able to draw detailed pictures of many of the women he killed. But one area that he wasn't so reliable, and I don't even know if that was intentional or not, like of him being like, oh, maybe it was during this time or not, but that was sort of a great area for him.
1: Can I just say also, like, it speaks, like, mountains about, like, how badass these two women are, like, getting all this stuff out of him, because, okay, he remembers it all, but what, like, at this point, what does he have, you know, there's no need, I mean, I know, like, so many killers, they're, they're just so vain that they love to talk about what they did. But he
0: wasn't like that, you know? So right, it's like, and not
1: even that. It's just like, for these women to get this much information out of him is
0: just, that that is remarkable. And they, oh my God, I didn't even, I couldn't even begin to get into it in my research, but they developed strategies over time, like learning that he was very put off by the word rape when talking about women, so they would say, oh, these killings, and he would open up a little bit more. So it's very, like, oh, that, very smart. Those
1: people, I swear, I swear, those investigators are going just straight to heaven. Uh, did you almost say hell? I almost said hell. <laughs> the thing is, we're talking about murders, and so usually hell is the thing mm-hmm. that comes to mind. But these investigators are just going straight to heaven. Like, I mean, a one-way, like, oh God, I'm because... The- Really? I mean, could you imagine sitting down with a serial killer that you know killed 90 women, at least probably, because you don't know if he just maybe didn't remember every single one. If it's 90, how many could it really be? Mm -hmm. And sitting down with this man and just not caring at all about, like, who he is as a person, but having to feign that so that, like, it seems... Like like to Give get them get him their Oscars. I mean really like I am, thank you for putting it in simpletons. <laughs> yeah, and, and
0: layman's terms. Give them their Oscars, I, their egots, everything. They these people
1: deserve an EGOT. I don't they didn't write music, but they still they deserve it. They still deserve it.
0: Really? <laughs> On their census application smart, twenty-four seven, full-time job.
1: <laughs> Paid. Christmas bonus, Mine everything. Just a full time idiot. Just, like, Full time idiot. Smart. See how we even don't even know senses. how to say that right? This is why you guys, I don't even know <laughs> No,
0: Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this back. Okay. So okay. like I was saying, he, there was one area that he wasn't so reliable with or that he was iffy right, about. That is what you were saying. And that, and that is when it came to remembering dates. He lacked the ability to accurately judge time frames and distance and he was proven to be off by more than ten years and like forty miles, so it was Hard to track that way.
1: Hmm.
0: With him being uncertain about dates, not providing a clear timeline, VICAP really struggles to verify his claims about murdering a lot of these purported victims to this day. They were able to, I guess, unofficially rule that Little had this photogenic memory.
1: Can you say that again? Because you said photogenic, like he's like taking pictures photogenic. of himself.
0: And I know you mean photographic. I do mean photographic. <laughs> I do mean photographic. <laughs> it was not photogenic, that piece of fucking ugly <laughs> shit. They were able to, I guess, unofficially rule that Little had this photographic memory and was able to describe a lot of these details and that they were concrete. Like, mm-hmm. he was telling okay. the truth. He was not trying to lead them astray. Or Little said he lost track of the woman after number 84... Which I mean, okay, you you were able to count, like you you listen. Had this...
1: If you could get to eighty four, my dude, Ugh. then just either keep counting or just it's stop like, murdering. Stop. Like, it's like I, like, what in God's got... name? But eighty four people that he has, like it's so specific. It's like this is right. like it speaks
0: volumes yeah. to how sick this person is. And even though he lost count after eighty four, he estimated that he killed at least ten or twenty more, which is where. Wow. Um, Officials say that he has this total of 93 victims. Okay. After this interview with Little, he was indicted for the Odessa homicide, which originally linked them to Little. And he was extradited to Texas a few months later. He remains in the custody of Odessa, but has been housed in Wise County for some time to be closer to Holland, who was the ranger investigating him. Um, cause he was doing like nearly daily interviews with him of just going back and forth and being like, okay, what about this person? Is this someone you killed? Is this for certain or not? Mm -hmm. And trying to get the most accurate account of Little's crimes. Wow. Angela and Christina have continued to gather new information from these interviews and are examining every tie they can find from mortuary records and death certificates to cold case files. Like, putting, talk about putting in the work they were putting in the work. Absolutely. Little di- <laughs> little died recently in December of 2020. Um, but FBI and Texas Rangers still have all this inf- information from interviews that they had with Little. So after this one-off, like I said, it sprung, like, a bunch of interviews and meetings that they had with Little Mm-hmm. to try and pinpoint where he was the missing woman in that area that matched his description and like I said just to get more information from him. In that time according to an FBI posting from 2019 Little confessed to 93 murders which FBI crime analysts believe all of his confessions are credible.
1: Wow. And, and I'll tell you what they don't say that about everybody. They they really <laughs> they don't. almost so never them, do.
0: So for them to just flat out say that, and for it to actually be true, like, it does match up. Right. It's crazy.
1: And I hate to say it, but, like, finally, intelligent people are working on this
0: case, it seems. Uh, so, like, right. I believe them when they say that. Right. And they were able to verify 50 confessions with um, many more pending final confirmation. Wow. Um, I think what's weird is that, like we said, a lot of people look at this whole Samuel Little And say that the biggest takeaway is of the importance of sharing information with different departments, and that becomes sort of a focus of this. I don't want to say story of this case, you know, but it never hits home that. Little specifically chose these women, these victims, yeah, because they were not looked at society. They I weren't think in the biggest side.
1: lesson in Ted Bundy's case can be that, that we need to yes. share information across jurisdictions. But in this case, the biggest lesson is we need to pay attention to human beings no matter who they are. We need to be paying more attention. That is the biggest lesson. And the FBI, I'm sorry to say it, like there's a lot of really intelligent people working on this now, but... They're really dropping the ball and just holding themselves accountable. It is not because of the lack of information sharing.
0: It's the lack of looking for the information. Exactly. And they wouldn't need to, like, have these sort of technology in place if they were able to say, okay, this was suspicious. Not because she was, like, a sex worker, but, like, this is definitely a homicide. This is another homicide. Oh, look, these are two black women who were killed within the same area in the same year. That's a link.
1: Right. And not even, like, all of that aside, when you look at a person that is a sex worker and you think that they were killed or, like, based on the way that their death looked, like, it maybe is a little suspicious... How do you know that this person is only targeting sex workers? Shouldn't you still care, even if your whole thing is you don't care that that's a sex worker? What if the next victim isn't? How do they not know that? You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what you feel about this, it should always still matter that somebody is dead and there could be another person next. A hundred percent.
0: I can I could not agree with you more. And I wish FBI felt the same. Well, I mean, apparently should there's should still... the force? I mean... <laughs>
1: Is that what's going to make to get
0: this shit done? Not, I if they, not if they look in the sense and see full time, <laughs> idiot. They're
1: like, oh, God, girl, put your please, resume away. Please. That is really sad looking. I, I don't. But, but I have a podcast. I'm, and I'm a paralegal. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, get the hell out of here, your yeah. stuff. What? what? Get please. it. Please. The way I came in. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, my I'll God. go right out that okay. door. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the interview. Love a good
0: reference. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good reference. Oh, God. VICAP continues to work with the Department of Justice Bureau of Justice Assistance, the Texas Rangers, and dozens of state and local law enforcement agencies as they try to search for cases and match them to Little's confessions. They literally have these pages full of Little's own drawings of these victims with locations and timestamps in attempt to identify these victims. I'm going to have a link in our bio if you're interested, if any of this rings like as something familiar to you and you want to take a look. I mean, who knows?
1: But please,
0: please go check it out.
1: I mean, it's always like the people you don't think are going to be the break in the case that are the break in the case. Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at The Chalkline Pod,
0: Twitter at The Chalkline Pod, and follow along with our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.